Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. We're here for episode eight of the GeoMob Podcast. Today, I am very fortunate to have Alexis Batla, CEO and co-founder of Avuxi. Alexis is one of a very short list of people who have actually spoken at GeoMob in two different cities. He's presented in London and here in Barcelona, which is where he is based. Alexis, welcome to the podcast. Tell us about Avuxi. What Hi. is Avuxi? Thanks. Yes, well, Avuxi, a company we set up with one very clear goal, which was done as a result of a very frequent traveling and uh, kind of not having much time to prepare and understand different locations. So imagine you have to go on a very short notice to any given city anywhere and uh, you have a couple of days or short time to be there and always there is the same question which are the most interesting things or most interesting areas which are the hotspots the popular zones or areas in this in this town in this city and this is something always been kind of painful to figure out because it takes time either like asking for advice or reading through reviews on different sites or, or just spending time in a city and taking the time to go around. So I thought that when we were starting that there must be a better way to do this with so much data out there of different venues. Everybody has a mobile, everybody's leaving reviews and some sort of signals about their interaction with location. So we set up Avoxy to analyze many different sources and types of data that connect people, how they interact with our locations, and create a, a way to understand any given city in just seconds. So we have created different products that help you visualize like heat maps of the best areas in, a, in any given city, or location scores that help rate any given location. And in essence, it's just that. How can I look at a city or a town or a location and understand what's the most interesting, yeah. the most popular is there? And you, you do this for the whole world? Yes, yes. So we started, of course, trying to do a demo with only one city, but uh, shortly after we realized that the type of companies we wanted to work this and as a use case for people traveling, there was a lot of interest to have this worldwide. So we spent an extra year and a half working it out so we got worldwide coverage. Who are the customers? Explain the business model behind this. Yes, well, there's a lot of use cases and we've tried different things. We're still cooperating in, in some different areas, but our main focus right now and what we have been really working very intensely with is online accommodation. Imagine like hotels.com, booking.com, Airbnb, you know, companies like that help you find your accommodation wherever you travel. You know, you go to Miami Beach or you go to London and you need to stay somewhere, right? So now you, most people do this online. They go to these websites and they search. But the problem is you get thousands or at least hundreds of options that would fit your pricing and quality criteria. We help these companies to provide this additional layer of information, which is understanding the context of the location. What's the best location for you? Yeah, so critical. So critical. It's a it's, it's one of my big complaints when I try to use Airbnb or something because usually it's in some city you don't really know that well, and you get the details of the property, but then you don't know like 
you know, especially when I'm traveling with kids, is this going to be a kid-friendly area? Is this... So tell us about all this data that you guys are aggregating. What are the data sources? Where are you getting the data? Well, we started with, of course, with open data and then started adding everything that's public data. So we built a series of scrapers or web crawlers that go across the web and uh, analyze information that's being publicly posted on different sites. So, of course, we start with OpenStreetMaps, Wikipedia, all the different type of Wikimedia, Wiki Travel. And then uh, there we have some blogs we analyze about travel, but of course, then we also have uh, Foursquare Places, take a look at uh, those venues we have on TripAdvisor. We analyze what changes happen there. You know, companies like Yelp, these are those known ones. But in total, we are, we are doing this with 70 different resources on the web. Hmm. And there is an interesting thing here that in, we, we have built a system of different weights because when you go to a different geography like China or Russia, some of these Western very well-known sources are banned there. So they have more relevant local sources where you find more information, it's more up-to-date, etc. So we are, we are looking at everything we can. Let's put it this way. So I can imagine, I mean, you know, trying to make something simple and having looked at your service, that's the key value proposition, right? Is that it, you boil it down and deduplicate it and you reduce it all to a simple score or to a heat map. And it's very easy to then get the context, the location. But I can imagine, yeah, I mean, there must be so many, so much work going on behind the scenes there. I mean, yeah, what are, what yeah, are some of the technical <laughs> challenges there? Definitely. I mean, being very transparent and honest about this, we didn't realize the uh, level of the challenge and uh, the complexity of the task when we got into doing it. It's one of those things that you uncover what we call underwater stones as you go. And it's definitely challenging because even you go to Foursquare or TripAdvisor, and these are major companies, you know, like with in the you know position in the hundreds of millions with thousands of people working for them, and so on. And still, you can go to different places and encounter the same venue being duplicated or appearing several times. And um, it's challenging for them, even for companies like Google, etc. So no, no one has a hundred percent accurate coverage. In sure. real data, and imagine trying to analyze data coming from so many different sources in different formats. We do analyze every type of signal that we believe is meaningful. So it's not a simple aggregation task. It's about understanding these different signals. It's a lot of trial and error trying to get an outcome out of it that is actually simple and meaningful and easy to understand. And also like cleaning up, deduping the data, trying to build algorithms that make it automatically to a large extent. We have tried different things with machine learning, etc. But uh, we learned that uh, there is always some amount that requires some human interaction at the end. We're very proud that we've made it to be as automated as possible to this stage. It's really, that's really great. Uh, but it's, it's, it's an ongoing challenge. So it's always working Sure. I mean, this is the big, the big challenge of geo. Of course, is the world keeps changing. Unfortunately, yes. So it's a nightmare. You got to keep it fresh. That, so, that, that's uh, an extra, an extra layer of challenge. So, so, how do your customers then? I mean, the customers are the hotel booking sites and things like that. How do they use the service? They're they're using it, the data, the raw data as an input, or like what is the actual final product? We have little things as raw data. So, what we provide is already. Um, 
a product that is a result of the ana analytics or uh, this analysis of different data sets. So what, what we try to provide is the value of giving this generating size, which is what actually people care about. We have different products. Of course, we have a bit more detailed data that we provide via an API. And uh, then we also built, uh, you know, to make it easy for everyone, also for our clients, we built what we call plug and play products or elements that would allow any of our clients just to set up what they want and get uh, with two lines of code, just a front-end developer can add it to their website and already enrich the experience and provide this additional info for to users. These plug and plays, for example, are like, you want to add additional map layers, like what are the actual neighborhoods and city? What's the city center? It's a different shape and size for different cities. Or what are the heat maps of the most popular areas for hmm. eating or shopping or nightlife? Or then you want to add location scores and description that add context to any hotel or an apartment. Okay, what's this area like? So it's a great area for nightlife, or is it great for, you know, it's a good location for going out shopping or eating out. So we provide this kind of easy to integrate uh, descriptions. I know that you're doing this on some actually quite massive sites. I mean, I know uh, Kayak is a customer of yours, which is one of the, you know, the biggest booking engines in the world. So, you know, there must be quite a DevOps challenge there just in terms of dealing with that volume. Yeah, yeah. This is also part of what is the invisible part of the iceberg, which is once you build a product, let's say, fine-tune it to provide meaningful results, you're happy with the results, actually it does enhance experiences, then how you make it commercially usable for this kind of very large companies, as you said. And um, it is a challenge because we have, when you're serving map tiles at this level, and uh, we have several million, well, right now we have, yeah, it's about uh, under 2 million unique daily users of the system, which come through these clients we have. Hmm. And um, it's a lot of traffic. We're talking of hundreds of million requests per day. So we had to go through all the hoops and loops on, on building the infrastructure that would allow to scale and so on. Of course, with all the cloud services nowadays available, it makes it easier than just a few years ago. But still, it's a challenge. You need to do all the load balancing and the different proper coverage for different areas, optimize your own system. So it's also commercially viable. It's not super expensive to do that. So it, it's taking us quite a bit of time to fine tune this, to be able to cater to this kind of clients. And uh, so far we haven't had any, any major issues on this and everybody's really happy. Hmm. Well, congrats. There's one dynamic that, you know, I, I, I track the travel space a bit and there's one dynamic that I wanted to ask you about and, and that is the entrance of Google into the space. So many, many consumer sites, be it hotel booking sites or whatever, of course, use Google Maps and, and Google has excellent geo products and, and services. But on the other hand, these services also spend heavily on Google to drive their traffic. And, and yet it seems Google is more and more entering into the booking space as well. Like now you can, you know, if you search for a hotel on Google Maps, the people can put ads directly. They Instead of sending you, giving you a link to the hotel, it gives you a booking form directly, you know. And so to a degree, the, the booking sites are paying Google to slowly but surely kill them. 
How, how do you see this dynamic? I mean, it seems yeah. it's quite, are people as a result moving away from Google Maps and, you know, Google Maps raised their prices last year. Obviously, I'm sure the huge booking sites, they have you know, special deals and things, but how does that play out as, as someone who's observing this industry? And, and is there a role for startups like Avuxi in this, in this battle? Yeah, well, this is a really great topic. And uh, I fully agree with what you said. It's something we saw coming already four years ago or maybe earlier, that Google will eventually get to be a major player in this field. And as somebody who follows the news, you could see that the results of ex companies like Expedia or TripAdvisor, you know, their stock has tumbled lately due to, and they pretty much point out to Google moving to online booking. As yeah, I mean, it's a huge strategic threat. Yes, it is a thing that, as you say, we always saw, well, you're pretty much feeding the monster that eventually will eat you up. And I think one great way to describe was one of our clients, when I mentioned this a couple of years ago, what's, what you're doing, is said, well, with Google, we have a love-hate relationship. Mm. And that describes it really well, because Google is, is a great company. They have been pioneering and leading really great products. And uh, they have some of the best talent on the planet. They have infrastructure. They have, you know, very smart people. They have billions of users. So because they're so great, it's probably the worst adversary you may have if they decide to be on your business because they make breaks on eggs in the beginning and not all, everything Google does goes perfectly right from the start. But they do have the time on their side. And uh, if they decide to keep going after something, they'll get it right eventually. And this is what we see. So the thing is that once Google goes into something, and as, as you mentioned, over a year ago, they raised their map pricing or geodata pricing 27 times. Yeah, uh, It's amazing. Uh, what's also amazing is that they, they have managed to probably shed off a lot of small uh, users that were not paying much. And uh, they're still keeping many of the large companies because it's still a great alternative. But we see more and more companies looking for alternatives. And uh, my personal vision on this is that even if there is great companies, there always has to be some competition and option. That's sure. a must is for a healthy market, yeah. for, for innovation sake, etc. It's not good if, if someone has a kind of monopoly on things. So in that sense, what we have seen is that there is more interest for what we do. If there is more attention, if people were, we, we saw more clients that were more complacent, that they were getting things from Google and that was good enough. Now this thing about having to pay for it, it has brought up the value of geodata on the market. We see that there's been a sort of ripple effect across the, the space. In, in a way, we see the good side of it. It has brought up the relevance and, and uh, the cost of processing this data and uh, we see a lot of interest for companies like Avoxy that provide an alternative solution at a, a good price and it, there is a good side to it as well. On the map side of things, are, are these companies typically looking at something like OpenStreetMap and if so, are they working with mapping providers or are they trying to do it themselves in-house and or are they looking at other proprietary suppliers like you know Bing Maps or Apple Maps or I don't know, whoever there is? Yeah. 
We've seen a bit of everything. We are also, it's interesting, Apple Maps is apparently doing a great effort to improve their maps they've been doing over the last year. So let's see how that plays out. They just recently launched full coverage of US. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so that's, let's see how, how that goes for the rest of the world. But in terms of, we, we've seen a bit of everything. So some of the companies we see most benefited from this has been, for example, Mapbox. Mm. as an alternative provider of maps to Google Maps. Then we see some companies have adopted OpenStreetMap. They switched. And uh, in some cases, it's through some smaller providers that do custom versions of OpenStreetMaps. In some cases, it's in-house. In a way, I think it's great for the space because there is more willingness to look at other options than just blindly taking Google as it is. Yes, I agree. I agree in that regard. So it's, a, it's something we'll keep an eye on here and uh, come back to revisit here on the podcast. The other topic I wanted to get your opinion on, so so you're based in Barcelona and you've been here for several years. feels like the travel tech scene has been growing quite a lot. So maybe you can give us your perspective on that and what's happening in Barcelona and yeah. how you see things developing there. Well, I moved to Barcelona for the first time 10 years ago. And to me, it's, it struck me like the ideal place in Europe to, you know, for startups to thrive. Why and, do you say uh, that? Well, because it was perfectly connected, the quality of life and price ratio, the weather. I remember back in those years, there was a VC from Silicon Valley visiting, and uh, his impression was that Barcelona, he did a tour of Europe, and his impression was that Barcelona was the closest uh, feeling place to San Francisco in Europe. Yeah, as I a, could see that. As a place. And uh, that was a very interesting thing. But back then, uh, there was maybe one meetup related to startups every two, three weeks. I felt this is totally like not there yet, but the potential is great. And uh, I'm very pleased that 10 years later, uh, Barcelona is one of the top five cities on the map of in Europe or as a startup capital, sort of, so to speak. Probably the startup capital south of Europe. And a lot of a lot is happening. There's no day without events, and there's actually sure, there's, too many to choose from. Yeah. Events all the time. But can you talk a bit about, what about the travel scene in particular? How do you see things happening there? Yeah, there is, uh, well, there's been already so, sort of startups that became like major companies, like, for example, eDreams is a very well-known one. We see that there's many startups that span and now becoming more and more established companies. One of the hotbeds of online accommodation travel is also based not far from Barcelona in, in, in Palma de Mallorca, in Mallorca, so the headquarters of major hotel chains. And uh, for some companies like Travelperk, which is probably one mm. of the fastest growing travel startups, has its headquarters, was set up in Barcelona. It's, there is quite a few that are happening. And I think at this point when it's possible to build really world-leading startups from almost any location in the world, this is becoming true. And this is great. Again, speaking of diversity and, and different options, this is, uh, I think, a, a very interesting thing. And uh, happy to see that 
it is happening. What strikes me is we have a good mix of local startups, but also of international companies that have put their kind of development or product teams here in Barcelona, like Skyscanner has some stuff here. And it does feel like it's kind of getting critical well, mass, right? With more and more travel travel tech startups and events and things like that. So yeah. hopefully in yeah, the coming the months. Major, major Major truck companies have offices in Barcelona, like Booking.com, uh, you mentioned Skyscanner, Kiwi, which is a uh, company from the Czech Republic. Oh. They also opened recently. So it is a very attractive place. And for whatever the reasons are, we see many of these companies doing that. And uh, not to mention Facebook or Amazon machine learning unit, et cetera, et cetera. So Barcelona is a very interesting place in that sense. And I think um, five more years and it will be a very, very interesting place because of all the talent, uh, all the exits that will be happening by then, etc. It will become even richer. Let's hope so. Let's yeah. hope we can get some of those companies to come and present uh, Geomob Barcelona. Alexis, what can we expect in the future? Yeah, well, right now we're trying to achieve our first goal, which is uh, becoming one of the standard providers and the standard location context layers within the online accommodation, the travel industry. And uh, given the companies we're working with, Kayak, with Travelperk, Flight Center, Logi Travel, so we're cooperating with Amadeus. We're getting more and more noticed in the space. We're getting more and more incoming requests from more and more interesting companies. And our first goal is to, to secure that position and grow within it. But then we cannot be oblivious to the changes and the fast speed of technology. So we're really keeping an eye open on, on new things like augmented reality applications, etc. Because at the end, what we're trying to do is use technology to make life more enjoyable and easier and, and have a faster way of getting knowledge about location for, out to people, to the end user. And uh, this is one thing we're looking at, like uh, there's a couple of things, she's conversational chatbots and uh, augmented reality. So we would like to apply the current data we have with some adjustments so that they could be embedded on, on the go. Since we, our goal is to give you knowledge in seconds instead of spending time trying to do research. This is an ideal environment for you. So if we look at it from the futuristic perspective, which is actually becoming a reality in the in the short term. That's where we see ourselves going. Yeah, I mean, very exciting space. At the last GeoMob in London, we had a super cool augmented reality presentation. Still kind of in the prototype stage, but but definitely a space to keep an eye on. So, all right, well, let's close with our traditional question. As someone who's attended GeoMob in multiple cities, and um, I think you've been at almost every Barcelona event, any um, favorite events that have stood out at GeoMobs that you've been to? Any talks I, you really enjoyed? Every time I've been, and there's always been at least two, three presentations that were really like amazing in the sense that you saw things that were done that you didn't think they were happening and uh, of course the brightest memories is from the last GMOP in which quite recent in Barcelona a couple of uh, cases really stood up was one for example one I forgot the name but where they were doing analytics of the wind yeah the mapping the wind that was yeah, very ma cool mapping the wind they had also heat maps etc but it was tough to use once you're gliding in the air to really know, to kind of do the best route for gliding on a glider in the air, you know, it's, and that was pretty, 
demanding and interesting data that they had to pull and generate this uh, analytics. So that was quite something re revealing. And another one that also I found quite interesting because in a way it's related to what we do, but also because things go so fast. There was one about they were recreating from old uh, century old photos, recreating a 3D model of how was the city back then, like 50 years ago, 100 years ago. And uh, that was also quite potentially very interesting because things move so fast we tend to forget, but if you have a, a way of preserve a digital memory that's kind of adapted to this day, so you could do an immersive experience of 3D of looking at the same part of the city you're maybe having your office at and understanding how it was 100 years ago. That was quite also impressive. I agree, agree, an absolutely fascinating talk and, and a very, very cool video that everyone should take a look at. I'm, I'm hoping to get both of those speakers here on the podcast in the coming months. Absolutely excellent. So, all right, thanks very much, Alexis. And let's, I guess, you, I guess the, the final point is, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you or to um, learn more about Avuxi? What, where should they go? Yeah, it's uh, very simple. Uh, it's a way just avuxi.com or just search for top place. On, in Google, you also get the links to our site because our, our brand product is called Top Place. It's uh, how you see it branded, what we provide on, on all the different sites like Kayak, Momondo, etc. And um, that's the, the easiest way. All right, perfect. We'll make sure we get some links in the show notes and look forward to watching you continue to, to grow and congrats on how far you've come. Thanks, Thank Alexis. You. Thank you. Thanks everyone for joining us today and listening to the GMOP podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.